John chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. This is John the Baptist now was talking to his disciples about Jesus. Then verse 37, the two disciples heard him speak and they what? Followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them. I want you to see this sequence. Jesus turned and, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said, come! And you will see. Now, it means that if John the Baptist did not tell them about Jesus, they would not have followed. So it was when Jesus said, Behold the lamp of God, which taken away the sins of the world. They heard it, and the Bible says they followed. Now, Jesus also, they got to Jesus' point, and Jesus said, hey, what are you guys doing? He said, hey, we, are, we have come to follow. He said, they said, where are, where are you staying? He too said to them, come and see. Now, I want you to see something again, so that you don't think is something that was not deliberate or something that is not intentional that was happening here. So, verse 40. So, one of the two who heard, you can see the word again, heard, John speak. And followed him. So it was, uh, they began to follow Jesus as a result of what Jesus said. So the first thing I want you to note is this. There are some people that will never follow Jesus until they hear you speak to them. Even Jesus himself could not make these people follow him. But they heard the voice of John and they followed Jesus. God gave us a voice. Every man, every woman, every one of us have influence. And it is our duty to, to be deliberate in exercising our influence in telling people, come and see. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Amen. Oh yes, you can clap. There are so many of us here today that somebody was the one that spoke to you. Come and see. How many of you, somebody spoke to you before you arrived here. Come and see. What? Do you see? Oh, no. If somebody, you didn't arrive here on your own. Somebody actually invited you. Somebody spoke to you. Let me see your hand. They come and Wow, you see, almost 50% of us. Somebody had to tell you, come and see. It may be through a flyer. Maybe through a personal invitation. It may be through someone. Someone had to tell you. You, you may be surprised that even though you have been living in this area for a long time, until that person spoke to you, you might have not arrived here on your own. Do you understand? The power of an invitation is a very powerful thing. And Jesus himself knew this. So what? look at what he did. So when the people had come to him, so um, verse, uh, what verse are we now? Verse 40, thank you. One of the two who heard Jesus spoke and followed him, Andrew, Simon, Peter, brother, verse 41, said, he found first his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Sepha. So he brought him to who? He invited him. He invited him. So, so Peter 
did not find Jesus on his own. Somebody invited Peter, who now became the rock. And it, and it was by that invitation that Peter came to Jesus. Again, you will see verse 43. The next day, he, he proposed to go into Galilee and he found Philip. This is Jesus himself. And Jesus said to Philip, follow me. So do you see people inviting themselves? Follow me. So the 12 disciples, even Jesus himself, had to go and say, follow me. Then, after Jesus said to Philip, follow me, look at what happened again. Then, verse 44, now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found who? Nathanael, and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also prophet wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Jesus, of Joseph, verse 46. Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Wow. Now, ne next week Sunday is actually our come and see Sunday. We call it Be My Guest Sunday. Amen. It's Be My Guest Sunday. So what are we doing on Be My Guest Sunday? This week, they, um, they are going to be giving every one of us a special invitation card that has been designed. All right. Uh, can I have the sample of the card on the screen? Now, this invitation card is for one purpose. For you to invite your friends. So your colleague at work, uh, your neighbor, or somebody you have met, it is your time to also go to someone and say, Come and what? See. Come and see what the Lord is doing. Come and see what the Lord has done. So you and I are going out of our way this week to reach out to someone to tell them, come and see, 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 come and see. So you are taking that IV, all right, and you are reaching out to someone and say, hey, it's time to come and see. It's time to come and see. So next Sunday is our come and see Sunday. It's a Be My Guest Sunday. It's going to be Variety Sunday, all right. And I want every one of us to be deliberate and be like Jesus, be like John the Baptist, be like Philip, be like Peter, be like Andrew, who deliberately reach out to their community, reach out to their friend, and said, come and see, there is power in an invitation. And next Sunday, I want us to make that happen. Are we going to invite our friends? All right, so you get that invitation card, all right, on the desk there, after, the second, after we finish, they are going to be distributing it. Get one, get two, get three, and uh, reach out to someone. Tell your neighbor, it's time to say, come and see. Well, as I tell somebody, say, it's time to say, come and see. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit again, and I would like to say to you that what I'm running is a series. At the end of the series, um, is, is a, is a, these are um, teachings from our membership class. So, actually, what you are doing is every Sunday you have been attending membership class. All right? These are teachings that from our membership class. So, that means at the end of the series you are a full-fledged member of the church because you you've attended service and you've heard all the series that we've been running now i'm teaching on the person of the holy spirit i will quickly recap then i will make the final two points on that subject um the the intro is who is the holy spirit and i've explained to you that he's a third person of the godhead all right the third person of the godhead you find that in luke chapter 3 verse 21 and 22 and first john chapter 5 verse 7 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now, when I see the word Holy Ghost, um, I explain to those of you who have been around that there is a slight meaning when we say Holy Ghost and Holy Spirits. Even though King James uses Holy Ghost and other translation often uses Holy Spirit, but there's a slight nuances that, 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 that communicate something differently. 
when we say Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, in the English um, dictionary, you will find that the word ghost means a spiritual being. A spiritual being. So, what makes this one different is that it's not just any other spiritual being because they believe in ghosts. Because people believe in ghost appearance, the dead. So, the word they are for those who have died and are appearing to people or their spirit is called ghosts. So, that's what the English uses, ghosts. So, only them means a, a, a fine ghost, a nice ghost, a godly ghost, a godly spiritual being. All right. However, when we use the word Holy Spirit, all right, is from the Latin word, which means spiritus. And that actually communicates better what the English, um, the, the, both the Hebrew and the Greek writer uses. In fact, that is the exact word that is used, both in the Hebrew translation of the Bible, which is called the Septuagint, and the, the Greek, which is now in Greek to English. So if you go into the Hebrew translation, anywhere you see the word spirit, what you see there is the word wind, wind, breath, breath, wind, hair. So the spirit, the spirit is, is ruach in Hebrew, which means wind, breath. In the Greek is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. And it also means wind. It also means breath. So, the Latin for it is spiritus. If you check, all right, you see that spiritual means breath. Breath. So, the word Holy Spirit is, you know, actually is connoting only breath, only wind. Now, why is that important for you to know? It's more than a being. Because you see, the symbolism of calling him Holy Spirit, Holy Breath, you know, as we are in this room right now, everyone we are breathing in air and we're breathing it out the same air that you are breathing in now is the same air that is blowing the fan is using to blow air to us the ac takes the same wind and cool it now the wind here is the same wind in ghana in the is the same wind in south africa is the same wind in um, america there is no border for the wind so, even though the wind is doing something here now, somebody may be using the wind to generate power in another place. So, you see that the wind is doing different things, but it's still the same one wind. So, you see, when we say Holy Spirit, we are, it helps us to communicate the omnipresence of God. You understand? That is the same spirit everywhere. Is, so, even though when you are praying to him, somebody may be worshipping, somebody may be doing something, but it's the same spirit that is doing different things to us at the same time. Do you understand? So when we say Holy Spirit, yeah, you can clap for the Lord Jesus. So that is why it's deeper to say Holy Spirit. Alright, but when you call him Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter. But I just, you just need to know what you are communicating at that moment. Amen. Now, the other thing is that the Holy Spirit is God. That is why we can worship him. That's why we can say Holy Spirit, I worship you. I reverence you. Now, people find this very hard to say, how can you say the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit is God? In the Old Testament, he kept revealing himself, but the only thing that the Jews, because of the idolatry that was prevalent in their time, could not fathom that the Holy Spirit is distinct from God, even though he's God. So there are times, like in, the, in Genesis, you'll find the Bible said, and the Spirit of God moved over the surface of the deep. All right? 
or when the Lord said to Moses, I will take of your spirit and distribute it on the 70 elders. It, they, you know, they, they, it, it was being revealed to them, but they could not function him. Or when the Bible said, and the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And when David was anointed, and, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And if you go and read, people often wonder why Saul could not kill Goliath. Because in 1 Samuel 13, the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Then 1 Samuel 14 or 15 thereabout, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. 1 Samuel 15, between 15 and 17 thereabout, the Goliath showed up on the scene. Saul did not have the Holy Spirit of God anymore. So he was no longer bold to go and confront, confront Goliath. It was not accidental that it was David that went in. It's not David that went to just say, hey, I'm going. How come David was not fighting all around the place? It was because Samuel had anointed David and the Spirit of the Lord had come upon him. So it was not just David that went. It was, it was moved by the Holy Spirit that you can go and kill this guy. It was after the Spirit of God came upon David that he had the boldness to confront Goliath. Saul now had the spirit of fear. He could not go into that battle because he had no Holy Spirit. If Saul was still anointed, he would have gone to face Goliath. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you need to understand a lot of things that the Holy Spirit is God. He has all the attributes of God. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. And the Bible, John chapter 14 verse 26 helps us to know the omniscience of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 to 11. Isaiah 40 verse 13 to 14. All these explain the omniscience of the Holy Spirit. It's omnipresent. That's why what I just explained to you. But when we say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Wind, all right, is everywhere. It's omnipresent. Then he's eternal. Hebrews 9 14. The Holy Spirit is eternal. It does not die. All right. Then I went on to teach you on the personality proof of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you, if you feel I'm too fast, I'm time-bound, but these messages, you can get it on your phone right now. Just download the app called P-O-D-B-E-A-N, Podbean. All right? If you're, on, if, you're on, um, if you're using an iPhone on your podcast, just search for Royal Grace Chapel. If you're using Android device, download Podbean and search for Royal Grace Chapel there. On your iPhone, once you just, on your podcast, just search for Royal Grace Chapel, you will see, subscribe. All this series will drop. All of them will drop. It's something you need to listen to. You need to grow in your knowledge of the Holy Spirit. So then I went to teach on the personality proof of the Holy Spirit. That is not a thing. It's a person. On Tuesday, I explained to her that some even think that the Holy Spirit is a dove. Because in Luke chapter 3 verse 21 to 22, the Bible said that the Spirit of God came upon Jesus as a dove. And I explained why he chose the symbolism of a dove you need to understand that nothing happens by accident in the word of god you see it was when jesus was being baptized that was the only time in the bible that the spirit of god came upon him as a dove no other place did he come as a dove anymore why was it that place because you realize that before the dove came the bible said that this is my beloved son in whom i am what well, please, why dove? Well, if you read Leviticus chapter 12, you realize that the Bible says that 
when they are coming to make a, an atonement, an offering for their sin, they should come with a lamb. Every man should come with a lamb. That was why John the Baptist called Jesus the lamp of God that taketh away what? The sin of the world. So they should come with a lamb. So when they kill the lamb or the ram, the blood will make atonement for their sins. However, in the latter part of Leviticus chapter 12, he said, there will be some of you who cannot afford a ram. There will be some of you who cannot afford a lamb. Say, for those of you who cannot afford a lamb or a ram, come with a dove or a pigeon. So when you come with a dove or a pigeon, the blood of the dove is going to be the same, um, has the same power as that of a lamb. So you realize that when Jesus, after Luke chapter 3, when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he had anointed me to preach the gospel to who? To the poor. Because he had come like a dove. So that dove means this is the sacrifice that God has chosen to take away the sin of the world, both for the poor and for the rich. So the dove means the, the perfect sacrifice that is going to take away the sin of the world. So it, it does not mean that the spirit of God is a dove. It means his sacrifice for sin has covered everybody. If he had come as a lamp on that day, the rich people would have claimed him alone. The poor people would have had no hope. But it's for everybody. The sacrifice. That is what it means. So don't look at a dove and say, hey, the Holy Spirit is a dove. No. It's a symbol. That this is the lamp of God. The lamp of God. The sacrifice for the sins of men. I hope you have understood that. Alright. So he has intellect. He has emotions. He can teach. He can teach. The spirit of God can teach. He can reason with you. Um, in Acts chapter, uh, in, uh, in Acts, uh, Acts chapter 10. The Bible said that he came in upon Cornelius um, as Peter was speaking. Uh, in Luke chapter 3 we see the reference there. And on and on like that. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11, But all this worker that one and the same still spirit, dividing to every man separately as he wills. As he, not as it will. As he will. As he will. So he has a will. He has emotions. And you can grieve him. You can make him unhappy. It is not only sin that makes him unhappy. When you fail in life, the Holy Spirit is grieved. Because it's an embarrassment to him. That his children are not doing well in life. No, who, you know, when your child fails, are you happy as a parent? No. Who is the parent that will be happy that your child is bringing F9? F9. F9 home. And you say, after all the money I spent on you, well, you can, the result you can come up with is F9. So when you claim to have the spirit of God, or when the spirit of the Lord is upon you and you are failing, it's embarrassing to him. Because it's not a failure. The last BRT accident that happened on the train, the one on the, on the train, I was reading an account of a lady, some of you will have read, who said she had a permanent seat at the middle. That's where she's been sitting. Said, so, but on this day, one of our colleagues just summoned her, hey, come to the front. And she said she just felt like obeying, so she went to go and join the lady at the front. Said, and where she was seated was where the train impacted. Said, that is how she, oh, it's on Sahara News. Said, that was how she survived. 
So you can imagine the same sitting position all this while. But on the particular day that death was going to knock on her door, the Holy Ghost used someone to say, hey, tell her to come to the front. And she just carried her this thing and went to the front. And that was how she survived. You are escaping every evil. No evil will cut your life short. Hallelujah. That is why we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, then I began to now share last, um, from last Sunday, first service, eight things the Holy Spirit will do for you. I call it eight works of the Holy Spirit in, the life, in our life. But I, this time I changed eight things the Holy Spirit will do for you. Eight things the Holy Spirit will do for you. We've reached six already, so we're left with two. But let me quickly wrap on the eight. Number one, the Holy Spirit represents all that Jesus is to you, to us. The Holy Spirit represents all that Jesus is to us. Or you can put to you then. Eight things the Holy Spirit will do for us. He represents all that Jesus is to us. So he's the representative of Jesus in our life. John 14 verse 16. And Jesus said that is the best thing he has done for us. The best thing that Jesus did for us is not that he died on the cross and he rose again. He himself said the best thing that he did for us is that when he rose again, he, he ascended and sent his spirit. You'll find that in John 16 verse 17. So Jesus said that's the best thing. So Jesus died for my sins. That's not the best thing that happened to you. The best thing that happened to us is that he sent his Holy Spirit after he resurrected. Is somebody with me? Number two, he convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He pricks our hearts. That is how, why we grieve him when he tells you, you have just lied. You have just lied. And someone will say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, the, the reason why a lot of people don't hear him is that in the little details of their life, they grieve him and they don't care. Now, in the big details of their life, then they want the one who they don't care about his feeling or emotions to then come and speak to them. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So he convicts us of sin. You may not know what sin is, but when you have done something wrong, he uses the voice of your conscience to speak to you. He convicts us of sin. Number three, he reveals Jesus to us. He comes to reveal Jesus to us. And also he reveals the will of Jesus for your life. He reveals the will of Jesus for you. Number four, he teaches us all things. He's a teacher. He teaches us all things. Number five, it shows us things to come. My wife shared the testimony of what happened when she was in JSS one long before she met me. And she said, you know, she was praying um, because she was instructed to begin to pray that, oh, let every day of my life draw me closer to the, the, the man that God has chosen for me, the husband. And he said, that moment she slept and saw a guy on the dunk hill picking things. Then somebody tapped her and said, that is your husband. I said, what's he doing on the dunk hill? said, that's him. Better begin to intercede for him. And so she began to pray. From Jesus too, she began to pray. Any difficulty my husband would be going through. She was a young girl. Within, I don't think we met until maybe 18 years later or 15 years later. All right? Now, what, but the, the, the thing was that I remember, just like I said in first service, that she asked me, was there at any point in time in your life that you were on a dunghill, you were picking things on the dunghill? I said, yes. I said, yes. Because... Um, most of the things I used to go to the dunghill to pick things. Even the shoe I was wearing to church and all of the things I picked them from the dunghill. We picked them to sell. In fact, the dunghill at um, Agege there, where you now have the LSBC building, that entire place used to be a very dunghill, that mechanic village. I was the official photographer of all those malams. 
all right um for so i i i i, I was the so the association of dunk hill pickers or whatever i formed an association for them all right and i would take them picture i did id card for them so i was a dunk hill person but how will she have known in far away she was schooling in quara state i was here in lagos all right picking things on the dung hill surviving and everything the holy ghost showed her i said pray now pray now there are things you will not know easily it may even be a, a good season of plenty in your life but the holy spirit will show you that the next seven years will be very dry you better begin to prepare now Begin to begin to prepare now all right so that is why you need the holy spirit you need to depend on him amen now the number six is that it gives us power for service it gives us power for service i shared with people on tuesday that in the old testament one of the things you will see that every time the spirit of god comes upon someone is he separates them in fact the primary reason the spirit of god comes upon a person is for them to serve the lord so no wonder jesus said that you shall receive power after the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me and i said you know if you are a christian you don't love to serve god you cannot enjoy intimacy with the holy spirit because it's the spirit of service is the spirit of service so today's christian they say i want more of you holy spirit but even the one of him you have you are seated you are not making impact with him you are not serving with him the spirit of god loves those who serve his presence in your life is not for you to sit down but his presence in your life is for you to make impacts it's for you to serve it's for you to to be part of his work the one of the major disservice a child of god can have is for him to receive the holy spirit and he sits down it's not a sitting spirit it's a moving spirit it's a spirit of sea worship it's a spirit of service that is why you must always engage in serving god you must engage your strength and thou shalt love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength don't just love the lord with your heart and your soul and your strength is not involved there is a mistake there. You must serve him with your strength. Still worship. Because he's the spirit of service. Hallelujah. Alright. Now number 7 and 8. This is going to be interesting. Buckle up now. Now. Number 7. The Holy Spirit takes us to the place. <laughs> it takes us to the place. Now I use the word the place. Because. There are several places. But there is one the place that you need to play now not the place restaurants <laughs> john chapter 14 verse 1 i'll read from new american standard bible jesus said do not let your heart be troubled believe in god believe also in me now watch in my father's house in my father's house i what many mansions if it were not so i would have told you then he said what i go to do what i go to do what to prepare a place for you 
Now, when we're small children, when we're in Sunday school, they will tell us that, oh, this place, or oh, you'll have heard some pastors say, this place means that Jesus is going to lay, you know, mansions, is going to start a building project in heaven. No, that is wrong because you see, how many people can Jesus alone build for? Oh, it must be a good bricklayer if that was his doing. He's just building it. Then that means there must be bricklayer in heaven. And there must be um, those who are laying foundation in heaven. There must be carpenter in heaven. Maybe that's why they call them the sons of carpenter. You know, and you know, this is not, of course, we can say this is referring to the rapture. Because, of course, the rapture means God has prepared a place for us. But look at it again. Look at it again. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then he said, I go. Now, who was he talking to here? No, look at it. Who was he referring to here? I go to prepare a place for you. He was talking to his disciples, right? Now, what is this place that the Holy Spirit has gone to prepare for us? Is it when we die? And go to heaven? No. Because you need to understand that he, he, he began to explain later what this place is. So go to verse 4 right now. Let's look at something in verse 4. Verse 4. And whither I go, ye know. Hmm. And the way you also know. <laughs> verse 5. Then Thomas saith unto him, Lord. We know not. We don't know we, where you are going. We don't know where you are going. He said, and how can we know the way? Then look at the response of Jesus. Jesus said unto him, I am what? The way. Then I am what? The truth. That I am the life. Now watch. No man cometh to the Father are you still with me? Now, come to the Father, but by me. When do we go to the Father? Is it when we die? When we accept Jesus, right? Into our life as our Lord and personal Savior. He said, I am the way to the Father. So you realize that he's not talking about rapture here. He's not talking about rapture here. The other day I explained to you the the difference between rapture and the second coming of the, the second coming of Christ, the millennial reign of Christ. And I said that rapture, when, uh, during rapture, Jesus will not come to the earth. We go to Jesus. First Thessalonians said that, that, that then we, the, 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 the angel will come with a sound and then all the saints will rise. The dead first, then those who which are alive will be cut off. So Jesus' feet is not going to touch the ground. Then the millennial reign, which is described in the, in the book of Corinthians, is Jesus coming again. After the rapture is the time that the world will be judged. And it's not even the one that is going to judge the world. It, they are the saints that they are, one, they are the ones that will judge the world. He said we are going to be the ones seated on various thrones to judge the world. But when we get to that subject, we are going to be getting to that subject. Because these are part of Christian foundation teachings. We will be able to know it better. But I just needed to say something there. Now, what am I explaining here? That what Jesus is referring as the place has nothing to do with rapture there. This is not about rapture. And so he said, I am the way to the Father. He is breaking it down. What is this place? Now, let's go again. Follow into where he began to explain. Verse 18 of the same scripture. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will what? Come to you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. 
what is it talking about? So he, he just said he's going to prepare a place. Then he said, now when I prepare this place, I will come to you. In fact, where you just read now in verse 18, if you go to verse 19, give me verse 19 there. Give me verse 19. Yet a little while, and the word seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, and you shall live also. What is this place that Jesus is talking about? John chapter 16, verse 17 again. It's, it refers the place, but in another way that is coming again. He said, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, NKJV, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, remember I said I go to prepare a place for you now. So if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will what? Send him. Now, remember what I'm explaining is, he said I go to prepare what? A place for you. Now he said by the time I go to prepare a place, I will send the helper. I'm going to come again, but not in physical form. I will come as the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, his duty is to take us to the place. So, it is said to say, Jesus is the way, but the Holy Spirit is the transporter. Are you with me? He transports us to a location. He's the transporter, the transportation. On that way that Jesus has cleared. So Jesus paved the way, but the Holy Spirit transports us to the place. But we want to know where this place is. Now that we know that Jesus is the way, the Holy Spirit then comes as a transporter or the transportation to take us to this place that Jesus has prepared for us. The question that we want to ask is, what is this place that the Spirit of God transports us to? Are you ready right now? Do you, know what, do you want to know the place? Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. You need to know where you belong when you receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. I will read, give me NKJV good. But I'm reading from New American Standard Bible. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly what? Places in Christ. Now watch. He didn't say he has blessed us in the earthly place. He said he has blessed us in the heavenly places. Jesus said, I am going to prepare what? A place for you. Now, that means now we are beginning to understand the identity of the place. Because now the word of God is saying that he has blessed us in the heavenly places. In Christ. Is somebody still with me? Now move straight to verse 20. Move straight to verse 20. Which he, he brought about in Christ. When he raised him up from the dead. And seated him at his right hand. Where? In the heavenly places. Now we know that there's heavenly places. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Watch now. Verse 21. Far above all rule. And authority and power and dominion and every name higher that is named not only in the age but also in the one to come and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as the head over all what all things to the church to the church 
which is his body, the fullness of who fills all. Now, listen. He said, so Jesus, when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. So after he resurrected, he went to this place. And the Bible said that God placed him above all principalities, above all powers, above all authority. And he said the reason why God did this is because of the church. Now, now we realize that Jesus has a location now. But the question is, but he said, where I am so that you will be there also. To compromise? Say we. To compromise, do you understand? In French, we means yes. To compromise? Cool, good. He said, where I am, you may also be. Give me this scripture again. Keep the scripture on the screen for me, please. The Bible says, look at it. Which he brought about in Christ, verse 20. When he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where I am. Remember when we read John? There you also what? Be. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age but in the one to come. So the question we want to ask is that when Jesus, the Bible said that God set him far above. Is he there alone? Or are we there with him? Could this be the place he was talking about? Well, let's find out. Go to chapter 2 of Ephesians. Chapter 2 of Ephesians. Let's go to verse 5. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Now, is saying that made us alive together with who? Oh, are you Bible student? Are you here? So that means when Jesus died, we died with him. And when he rose, we rose with him. Now give me verse 6. Look at what happened. And raised us up. He raised only Jesus up. Is that what we have? No, is that what we have? No, respond. Is that what we have? Does this include you? He said, he raised us up together and made us. What did he make us to do? Made us to do what? Sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it means the place that Jesus goes to prepare for us is the place of authority where you and I can reign with him on this earth. Hallelujah. He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. Now we can then in, take this back to verse 1 that far above principalities, I am far above power. I am far above all rulers of darkness. Why? Because when I became a child of God, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit took me to that place where Jesus was seated or is seated. And as he's reigning, I am reigning in life with him. I am reigning with Christ. Can we have a description of what takes place in this place? I will show you. David prophesied about this place. 
Most of us have been saying it, but we didn't know that that's, that is what the, it was describing the, the, the victorious life. The Holy Spirit came to give every believer. Go to Psalm 91. Go to Psalm 91 with me. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Verse 1. Psalm 91 verse 1, guys. Very fast. He who dwells. See, David could not use any other word. Because he could not imagine a place that is so different from the earthly world. So he said, he who dwells. He, what did he call that place? Secret place of the most high. But Paul, by the Holy Spirit, calls it what? Heavenly places in Christ. So David said, so let's, let's substitute the word here. He who dwells in the heavenly places shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Verse 2, and I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Verse 3, somebody move. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the, per and from the perilous pestilence. Verse 4, he shall cover me with his feather and under his wings, under his hands, because you see, wings Wings signify closeness. You, I can only cover you with my wing when you are close to me. So when Paul said he made us to sit together in heavenly places, that means I am so close to God that his covering is over my life. Now when you are a child of God, when you have the Holy Ghost, you have that covering. Somebody is not saying that, oh, I will finish you. He said you will finish. Ooh. Anyone see the greatest mistake that can happen to a man is for them to make you their enemy. Because you see, the battle is not yours. The battle is God. You see, the reason why most of us are being defeated is that we don't know where we are. We think that we are in your house. No. Your house is your physical location on earth. But the real location is heavenly places. So you have to talk as one who has authority. Let me say this. You are moving. You see a policeman at a junction. He wears his uniform. And as you are coming, the man does this. You don't need faith to exercise the authority you have in the Jesus Christ. Some of you say, you know, my faith is not enough. You know, that is why when I speak. No, 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 no. you don't need faith. Because the Bible says he has given to everyone a measure of faith. You have the faith already. Now the policeman, when he wears that uniform, does not need faith to tell you to stop. Does he need faith to tell you to stop? No, have you seen a policeman say, hey, let me go and consult Abuja. Hey, IG, should I tell him to stop? IG, should I tell him to stop? You look at it, you don't know who you are. No, you don't know where you belong. Because the day... You were inducted into the police force and they put on, you are putting on that uniform. Every authority of the IG is already on you. You are seated in Abuja with the IG already. When you say to a vehicle, stop! If that vehicle disobeys you, who is it disobeying? Is this is disobeying not you, but the office you are in, which includes the IG of police. When they are going to sue you, they will not sue you in the name of that policeman. They will sue you in the name of the IG. That is why the Bible says, from henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear upon my body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you know where you are, you can never be defeated again. I am in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Father, 
above principalities, far above powers, far above the rulers of the darkness of this world. Hallelujah. Do you know that a witch is not your problem? Go and check Ephesians chapter 6. When they are mentioning big boys, no witch was mentioned. No wizard was mentioned. Ephesians chapter 6. You mentioned principalities, you mentioned power, you mentioned rulers of darkness. Witches are like the entry level demon. And a witch is telling you that, hey, you will not prosper. You say, oh boy, shut up your mouth. There are some prayers you don't even need to pray. You are bothering yourself because of a witch. You see so many Christians today, they are praying, oh Lord, every house of witchcraft, every Amen. You are like a policeman who is bothering about people should stop traffic. When a witch says, in the name of Jesus, may turn on and get away. Get away. You see, you need to know where you are. Go back to Psalm 91. Let's look at the description of that place. What takes place in that place? You see, it's not about prayer. It's about you just knowing that this is where the Holy Spirit has transported you to. Give me Psalm 91 from verse 4 again. Go to verse 4. Look at what it says in verse 4. Guys, do I have a living soul there? Or you are having technical challenges? Okay, good. Verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wing shall I take refuge. We are going in the morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The covering of the Lord is upon me. The covering of the Lord is upon me. He said, it's true shall be your shield and your buckler. That is the word of God. The word of God is my shield. The shield is bigger. Buckler is the one you hold with your hand. You see, it's both an offensive and a defensive thing. Then verse 5, he says what? Verse 5, now move fast with me. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. <laughs> nor the arrow that flies by day. Are there arrows? Yes, there are arrows. But the thing is that arrows become useless in my life. Because why? The Holy Spirit has transported me to sit in heavenly places. Any arrow that wants to come up must try. Do you know when you want to shoot arrow at the child of God? It's not down. They have to shoot it up. Naturally, the law of gravity will even work against it. So they are shoot, Pastor. You see the arrow. Say yes, I know there's an arrow, but me arrow. It you see automatically look at it. No matter the nature of the arrow, when it keeps flying, it will then turn like this, turn like this, turn like this. But do you know the location is going back to the one who shoot the arrow? <laughs> is somebody with me? Say with me, I'm living a victorious life through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So don't be afraid. You see, you need to you need to read Psalm 91 again with these eyes that he was prophesying of a people that will be seated in heavenly places in Christ. He is a prophet. Psalm 91 describes the reality of the life of a believer. It's for us. Say, a thousand shall fall at their side, ten thousand at their right hand. Say it will not come near them. Only with their eyes shall they see and behold the reward. Do you know the reward? I love the word reward here because you see, reward means the you know what reward is salary. So that means somebody has done a work, then is now getting the salary. It means anyone who come together to make themselves your enemy, they have started working. 
And God said, because this work they are doing is against you, he said, I will reward them. I will pay them the salary. I will pay them because they have attempted to lift their hands against you. Say they must end their reward in good measure, in press down, in shaking together. So you want to wage war against me? I said, no, even if I don't talk, your reward is guaranteed. And you know something? Because greater is he that I am seated with than he that you are seated with. I am seated with Christ. Hallelujah. Say with me, I can never be defeated again in life. Hallelujah. Now, I just want to give you the last point, something. The Holy Spirit helps you to pray. This is where I want to stop. If I, if I don't talk about this, I don't think I will be happy. Because you see, now that you know where you are, how do you activate more of his glory and power? It's in the place of prayer. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Look at it now. With groanings too deep for words. What is this saying here? With groanings, with, with words. You need to understand what is what's being said here. Now let's dissect. Let's do some exegesis. The first thing he spoke of here is likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses weaknesses here is not talking about inability to do anything or weakness of sin have you been seeing someone that is sick before but when somebody is sick it becomes weak right so the person does not have the strength to do what he or she should naturally have done now when you look at the word that is translated weakness, it, one of the meanings is to do things great and glorious. In other words, naturally, you may not be able to do great and glorious things. Maybe because of your background, because of your maybe gender, because of where you are from, because of some circumstances. He said, but as you begin to pray with the Holy Ghost, he said, the Holy Spirit will help you do things that are great. And glorious in life there is a prayer that a kind of prayer that the Holy Spirit helps you to pray that give birth to glorious and great things in your life then the next meaning is to restrain corrupt desires weaknesses to restrain corrupt desires Jesus said pray that you enter not into what temptation so you want to as you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, corrupt desires are being restrained from you. Hey, you want to just do it like this? You just finally said that the, the desire to do it is not there anymore. He restrained you from corrupt desires. Number three, to be, he said, to bear trials and troubles. There are times, you know, things are so troubled around your life. The word trouble means shaking, shaking, anxiety of the spirit. Now, the spirit of God during season of your trouble. When things are troubling your life, say he helps you pray according. Now, listen, there's a word that he uses with groanings which cannot be altered. With groanings which cannot be altered. Look at me. I submit to you because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter. Somewhere, let me just give you a scripture. Isaiah 
chapter 28 verse 11 look at what Paul is talking about for with stammering leaves and another tongue will he speak to these people Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 said he's going to speak to them through them with the language of the Holy Spirit what is stammering leaves if you check the English dictionary it says stammering means to speak haltingly. The words are not coming the way it ought to come. It means to speak with hesitations that are involuntary. Involuntary hesitation. You you want the words wants to come out, but somehow something is restraining it. When you begin to pray in the spirit, you will see that one of the signs is involuntary hesitations. You find yourself repeating a particular phrase. You want to move on, but he has locked you there. Listen to me what is happening. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible said that when the Holy Ghost came upon them in verse 4, every man heard them speaking his own language. He didn't say they were speaking all their languages. He said they heard them. But how you will know that there is a conflict there in Acts 2 was when he said, are these all not Galileans? How come we hear everyone speaking our own language they were not speaking their own language naturally but they were hearing their language they were just speaking ha 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 but the Hebrew man began to hear that ah, 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 in Hebrew language the spirit took that word and began to interpret it in such a way that every man began to hear their language it happened again in Acts chapter 8. Let me take you to Acts chapter 8. Or Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Something is changing in your prayer life today. Acts chapter 9 verse 4. And he fell to the earth. Watch. Acts chapter 9 verse 4. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul. Who was hearing this voice now? Paul was hearing this voice. He heard the voice. He said, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? Verse 7. Look at what verse 7. And the men we joining with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. They, all they were hearing was just a voice, but they did not hear the, what the voice was saying to Paul. If it was what was audible, they would have heard everything that the Lord said to Paul. But they did not hear it. All they were just hearing was a sound. But another translation said, hearing a sound. But that same sound, when Paul heard it, he heard his name in it. Paul heard that he said, why are you persecuting me? That sound meant Hebrew to Paul. But to the people around Paul, it was gibberish. They could not hear any meaning from it. The same voice. When you pray in the spirits, the Bible says it is for a sign. It's for a sign. 
there are challenges of your life that you don't own, that you don't know the language of that challenge there are some situations that you cannot decode the bible says he prays with groanings with words that cannot be uttered what is stammering stammering is i want to speak willingly but something is holding me back. That's one dimension of praying in the spirit. But the other dimension is called only incantations. Only incantations. Incantation means I am speaking. But the words I'm speaking, they are not natural words. Look at how the, the dictionary defines incantations. It says, the act or process, look at it, of using formulas or usually rhyming words sung or spoken with occult ceremonies for the purpose of raising spirits producing enchantments and creating other magical results using words occultic words to produce magical results. Where there is fake, there must be an original. Now, if evil spirits comes upon that a man has, is making him use words, and those words and rhymes and songs, they are invoking spirits that are now producing magical results. I submit to you when Paul said he makes groanings with words that cannot be altered. It means when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's our spiritual incantation language that as you are speaking the words, they are invoking spiritual powers that are going to produce supernatural results around your life as you are speaking over unemployment unemployment we hear the language of the spirit unemployment we hear what you are saying even though in the realm of the spirit you are just saying but unemployment is hearing your time is up your time is up she has to let go you have to let go you have to let go the couple that I said shared testimony last two weeks, they were in my office. Listen, listen. They were in my office. She was the one that was telling me. He said, at the point that I was praying on them, I remember laying hands on both the husband and the wife. And he said, she said, Pastor, you were saying, honestly, I didn't hear it. But I didn't doubt because I understood this. He said, you were saying to us, the Lord will give you double honor. The Lord will give you double honor. The Lord will give you double honor. And in the space of three weeks, both the husband and the wife landed a brand new job. The husband said, it's hundred times better than what I am currently doing. Alkulai is the only goal. So to me, I'm just talking. But what she's hearing is my that only ghost was speaking to unemployment in her life because that is what she needed at that moment. That is what both of them needed. But to me, I was just praying. But she said, My wife said she heard you say, God will give you the same week, husband and wife. That can only be hand of God. Marata Bashata. Is somebody with me? You see, as a child of God, it is time you know the power of your holy incantations. 
You have to be deliberate about it. I share with you that our sister that said somebody came and spent, she just she was closing her business and she says she saw two strange money, 2020 Naira too. And she knows that this money was not her money. And so she, she took the money and she burnt it and said, Pastor, from that day, all, I began to spend money on that business. Spend money on that business. I spent my money and the rest of the money too. Everything went and she closed down that place. I said, no, that is not the will of God. I went back to her shop. I said, you are coming back here to start. But let me tell you, next time, oh, next time, when any devil tried to cross your paths, next time when somebody say, oh, I will show you. Next time when you see that something strange has happened, it is time incantation has to swallow incantation. The Bible says, the rod of Moses swallowed the, the rod of the Egyptians. Your own incantation has to swallow their own incantation. You get to that place and you say something is not right here. And what do you do? You pick up the language of the spirit and begin to pray in tongues. Sometimes you find yourself stammering. It doesn't matter that you are stammering. Keep at that word. There are only rhythms. There are, there are super natural things that are happening they are raising spirits sending forth angels to give you supernatural results as you are praying that cancer we hear the language unemployment we hear the language that family cause we hear the language that troubling situation we hear the language in the spirit he speaking mysteries is releasing spiritual incantations Hallelujah. We have an advantage. I said we have an advantage. I said we have an advantage. Our advantage is the Holy Spirit. You must pray in tongues deliberately. You see, the man said, I remember one time I was going in the night alone. I carried some people. It was very late. It was around 1 or 2 a.m. in the night. And this man stopped me and said, I'm, I can't cross until I pay homage to him. I said, I'm going to my house. He said, no, I don't care who you are. I said, no, I know that this is not going, this is going to be spiritual battle. So I said, I'm going to cross. And he removed his his, his is outer cover. Oh, I always love that. When people boast of their God, it is time for my rod to swallow up their rod. You see, he, he removed his cover. And the people that I gave that lift, all of them vamoosed like spirits. I was left alone, but I'm glad. Because when your father and your mother forsake you, he said, there I am with you. When no man is there, no earthly connection is there, no man can help you. Even there, God is there, always there with you. Is somebody with me. And the man he began to roll. He began to roll the thing. 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 I just laughed. After he rolled and rolled around 12, he used the first one. I laughed. He used the second one. I laughed. He was beating me with the thing. You know what? You are wasting your time. I took the thing from him and I used it on his edges. By the time I used it on the air, he himself became powerless. I don't know whatever it is. The next morning, this man came to locate me in my house and came to greet me by himself. Why will he greet me? Because he knows rod has swallowed up another rod. The rod of Moses. We are not saying they don't have snake. But there is a snake that is more powerful than every other snake. And that is the rod of God. And that is the spiritual advantage you have. This morning, I don't know who you are. But we are going to pray. There are some problems that need to give way in this service. I said there are some stubborn situations that need to give way. We, I, 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 I don't know who you are. But I, I want you to just say to yourself, enough is enough. 
I don't know who you are right now, but I, I, I want you to know that there are some situations that need to die in this service. I don't know who you are. There are some doors that needs to be opened for you this week. I don't know who you are, but I want you to get angry in your spirit and say it is time for my next level result. For there is a God that fights your battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me, children of God. We have an advantage. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit is giving is your incantation. I want you to produce, they call it magic. They call it magic. But we call it supernatural results. We call it Holy Ghost results. Oh, yes. We call it uh, the result that is from heaven. And some of you are going to birth it right now. But I want to do something. Some of you have not received the Holy Spirit. You have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. You don't speak in tongues. You are at a disadvantage if you don't know how to recite incantation. Even in the spiritual world, those who know incantation always have an advantage. They always have an advantage. It's your advantage. I said, it's your advantage. It's your advantage. A man said, the first day he resumed to his office, the moment he sat down, his anus came out. So like a sharp pain. And when he looked at it, somebody has placed something there. It's because he doesn't have the, know how to have the Holy Spirit. It's possible for you to be born again. Acts chapter 19. Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? He said, no, we only are born again. He said, oh, you need the Holy Spirit. I'm also saying to you, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? If the answer is no, those of you who want the Holy Spirit to baptize you, right now, I want you to come forward. Very fast, just come. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come. It's your advantage. Come. Today's service is special. I told you it's special. You will not leave here with that advantage. Don't leave here with that advantage. Listen. I mean, you have not been praying in tongues. You have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. With the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Don't leave this service without this advantage. Come forward right now. Very fast because I will pray for you. It's a very short prayer. And the same way you receive Jesus. Is the same way the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. You need this power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The world is too dangerous to be powerless. I said the world is too dangerous to be powerless. The world is too dangerous to be powerless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See? So I'm going to pray for you everywhere you are for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Pastors, can I have some of our pastors here? I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. It's your advantage. It's your advantage everywhere you are. Now, the first thing is that if you are not born again, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you are going to receive healing before you go now. Yes. Some strange things are going to burn in your body. Yes. Strange deposits will, be, will catch fire in this service. I said, strange deposits will catch fire. The Holy Spirit is speaking the language that that sickness understands. Is going to speak the language that, that your sickness on. It's not your sickness. I said it's not your sickness. It's not your sickness. So those of you who are not yet born again, I will first pray for you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, place your right hand on your chest and say these words after me. Say with me, dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am not born again. Today, I repent to be saved, to be born again. Dear Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. 
I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that He died for my sins, that He was buried and arose again. Lord Jesus, You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Wash all my sins away with Your precious blood. And thank You for writing my name in the book of life. I believe that my sins are washed away. I believe that my sins are separated from me. I'm a child of God. I am born again in Jesus' name. Father, I bless all those ones who have given their life to Christ. I bless all those ones who have now run to Jesus, who are now born again according to your word. And I pray for those ones that you will flourish, you will grow, you will prosper in the kingdom of God. It's a new day for you. Thank you, precious Father, for these testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Very simple. The same way Jesus came into your heart right now is the same way I'm going to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. You receive Him by faith. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. So once I pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit, to welcome Him, I want you to then believe that you have the Holy Spirit. As we begin to pray, as we begin to pray, you need to take that step of faith. Every syllable, every word that is given in your spirit, speak it out. It doesn't have to make sense to you. This is where we find it difficult because we want it to make sense. They are spiritual syllables. They are spiritual. You may start stammering. You may find yourself speaking in a stammering way. It doesn't matter. All you need is that the just shall live by faith. It is a thing of faith. Today, if you ask him to give you the Holy Spirit, God will give him to you. Because the Bible says, ask and you shall what? Receive. He said, he didn't say you might receive. He said, you shall receive. You are receiving the Spirit of God today. You are receiving the Spirit of God today. Now stretch forth your hands. Say this was a dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you. Thank you. For making, me your child, for making me your child through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I ask that you baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Spirit, of, the Spirit of the Lord, I open my heart. Open my heart. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Spirit. Blow your wind on me. Rest upon me. With your, with your fullness rest upon me, rest upon me. Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit baptize me baptize fill me, me till, I till I overflow I believe, I believe that my prayer has been answered my has been I have the Spirit of God because I have faith I have the Spirit of God because I believe I welcome you precious Holy Spirit I welcome you precious Holy Spirit thank you because you are in me in the name of Jesus Father I thank you for all those ones now I pray receive the Holy Spirit receive the Holy Ghost receive the Holy Spirit receive the Holy Spirit 
in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let him rest upon you with fire. Let his baptism come upon you right now. Be endued with the power from above. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Now, everywhere you are, everybody, it is time to pray in the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray with everything. Those of you who are in front, as we begin to pray, release yourself and let him flow like a river. I don't know whatever challenge, we are just spending the next few minutes praying in tongues. Everybody, can we lift up our voices? Begin to pray in tongues right now. Begin to pray in tongues right now. <laughs> Let him that pray in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret what is praying. Now expect, the moment you are praying in tongue, two things you must pay attention to. Begin to pay attention to flashes of words that come to your spirit. So some words will just come to your spirit. At that moment, when that word comes, it is time for you to switch from speaking in tongues to begin to prophesy. So for instance, you are praying in tongues right now. And the thoughts of your child just comes to you. And a particular incident just comes to your mind. Then you can switch and say, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray concerning this situation right now. And you begin to pray and prophesy as the Spirit gives you utterance. Yeah. The second thing you must pay attention to when you are praying in tongues is your body language. Pay attention to your body language. Benny Hinn said, one time he was praying for a woman. 
and all of a sudden the woman fell down and she brought her hand like this and was rolling her hands on her palms rolling her hands and the moment he looked at what the woman was doing on her, on her palms the spirit of the lord spoke to him that round this woman seven times round her seven times so when he said he moved around the woman number one he moved by the seventh time the woman screamed meanwhile the woman's eyes was closed and he has the law what just happened the lord said you know he said you know our another pastor was with him i said the pastor said what the lord is telling you that the woman has seven demons and by that the holy spirit was instructing you that it is time to move around her move around her move around her so sometimes you are praying Sometimes you just see your hands. Sometimes something is you, you 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 are losing. Release yourself. You see, those who want to be normal cannot enjoy the power of the Holy Spirit because they are too conscious of their environment. They are too touch. So you see, you need to release. Sometimes you just see yourself holding. Stay there in the realm of the spirit. Maybe that is the path you are praying for. Maybe you see yourself doing something. Release yourself and keep doing it. It doesn't matter because the Lord knows the battle you are fighting at that moment. He knows what that sign means. Are you ready, somebody? So right now, I don't know whatever you see that you want the Lord to do. Now let me tell you something. You can call the name of a troubling situation. I say, in the name of Jesus, I pray concerning unemployment in my life. Then when you mention that problem, then begin to pray in tongues. Begin to pray in tongues. Right now, I want you to release only incantations over specific situation in your life. I want you to release only incantations over troubling situations of your life. I want you to release only incantations over any area you want the Lord to touch. So you mention that area and begin to pray in tongues. Now as you begin to pray right now, don't mind the person sitting by your side. Whatever is bringing you to do, release yourself and begin to do it. Right now, can we pray right now? Lift your voice and pray. 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 Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. I 
As you are praying, I hear the word sudden death. Sudden death. Today, in the name of Jesus, every appointment with sudden death, every appointment with sudden death, is thereby cancelled today in the name of Jesus. Appointment with sudden death is annulled today by the blood of Jesus. There's a woman when you are praying, you are praying for your child. You were praying for your child. You were praying for your child. Yeah, what the word of the Lord is saying, He has answered that prayer. Your child shall be saved. The Lord has answered your prayer over your child. You have been concerned about the waywardness of your child. Right now, the Lord is sending His word. That child shall be saved. That child shall be saved. That child shall be saved. Charge of the same in the name of Jesus. Anyone afflicted with sickness in this place, I declare in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost oh, yes. consume every strange altar, yeah. every strange sickness. Yeah. Sickness, you are a stranger. Yeah. I speak to sickness today. Yeah. I command you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Leave their body alone. Leave this world alone. celebrate the Lord. Something has dropped in your spirit. Something has happened. Hear what the word of the Lord is giving to me. Listen. Whatever has caused you to weep, I don't know who you are. Whatever has caused you to weep, has turned to a situation of celebration for you. I don't know who you are this morning. Oh, yes. Whatever has caused you to weep. Oh yes. Today. Oh yes. By the word of the Lord. Oh yes. It has turned to rejoicing for you. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. situation oh, yes. that has troubled your life, oh, yes. that has buffeted you on every side, oh, yes. today you are delivered from yes. it. In the name of Jesus, yes. you are blessed. Amen. You are blessed. Amen. He said he has blessed us with all blessings Amen. in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. The blessing of heaven is overtaking you today. Amen. The blessings of heaven He's overtaking you today. Everywhere you go, you will see the blessings of the Lord. Receive it right now. This is your week. This is your week. This particular week is your week. It's your week to testify. Lift your voice and just thank him, Lord. Thank him in tongues. Thank him in your understanding. <laughs> 
Jesus, precious name of prayer. Amen. 